You're listening to the Misfit Island Podcast. I'm Felicia Bauckham. We are two misfits who are exploring the intersection of social political issues, current events, and the personal development industrial complex. Join us on this journey of exploration, whether or not you're a misfit. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Hey, Felicia, how are you doing today? Hi, Najeda. I'm fine. I'm good. It's a yeah. cloudy day here in North Carolina. Um, so very nice and calm and somber and and um, relaxing, actually, in many ways. Interesting that you're saying that because, I mean, also it's probably way cooler for you. Um, but here it is actually cloudy, too. It was sunny. It was kind of on and off, but it was pretty sunny and warm today. Um, but it's supposed it's getting cloudy because tomorrow we're supposed to have rain because the temperature is going to drop for the next few days. Uh, we did have some pretty warm days last week. Um, I, I'm assuming you're not getting the storm or you didn't get any storm because I know there's a snowstorm. Um, people in I know friends in Atlanta and my sister's getting ready for the storm in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I don't think you got any of that, or did you? I don't know. We there, there's some chance of rain later this afternoon and this evening, but okay. Nope, no, no, no snow, um, as it were. So, but yeah, I mean, it's just one of those those days where it just it is nice to to be indoors and just look out the window. I've seen the occasional person walking by with a dog. Apparently the house across the street is on sale. So I've seen some people come by looking at that. And so just kind of looking at the world outside of my window and, (laughs) and, um, and, you know, certainly is always reflecting on so many things, um, recent events, personal events, um, drinking some water. The cats were here with me, but they've left since I closed the door. They don't like being in my room with the closed door. So, oh yeah, but, yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> yeah, 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 they they have a thing about that. But oh, and we had well, we did have some excitement early in this week. There was a mouse in our dryer, so oh, wow. that was real fun to deal with. Um, unfortunately, um, it didn't survive its time in the dryer i figured so um and how it got there we it's this is not the first time we've had a mouse show up in that part you know the area Mm. that is our washer and dryer so we we're not sure how they're getting in and how it is that we have four cats and they and they and we are usually (laughs) although they don't make it out although they don't survive that's that's true But yeah, we end up, we as the humans end up being the ones to deal with it. But we did have some empathy for the mouse, but we're like, but why are you here? And how did you get in? Yeah. So we, we're trying to sort that out. So um, I thought I would also share that a little bit. Yeah. So <laughs> just, yeah. 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 This, week, yeah. this week was pretty, well, for me, it was pretty tired, um, pretty, pretty busy. So, which is, which is what made it tired. Um, I have to say. Um, I used to be not like, I wouldn't say like a big, big fan, but I used to love Zoom, but I'm learning. I'm starting to hate Zoom after so many (laughs) Zoom Zoom meetings because I have so many meetings um, and it just feels like I'm like, I don't know, it drains, you, you and I have talked about it, it drained my energy and on Friday, 
even I ended up having like three meetings on Zoom on Friday. And one of them was actually pretty late for a Friday night. I mean, for a Friday, it was like at 5.30. And then um, t- during the day, and thank God in a way I forgot, it was actually one of my goddaughters. It was her birthday. She's in Maryland with her parent, with her family. She's She actually turned 12 this year. And um, I had completely forgotten. Thank God. I thought about it a couple like weeks before. And I didn't set a reminder for myself. And But her mom texted and she was like, because her father and her, they share the same birthday. So my friend, her mom, which is like, she's like almost like a big sister to me because we've known each other. Our parents go way back. My dad is actually her godfather. So she texts me saying, Zoom party for her daughter and her husband. I was like, oh, great. I'm happy I know about the birthday. I was like, I was like, oh, what? Another Zoom? Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, I was like, but, you know, I had to because, you know, because of our relationship and my daughter. But I was like, oh, God, please. It's like, like right now, it's like I don't I used to enjoy, especially with the pandemic. I used to enjoy um, getting on Zoom with family members and friends just to like relatives to just check in. Um, And we've had some pretty but. After a while, you know, especially with the holidays, it became kind of like, and then now with these, all these meetings, it's like when somebody says Zoom, I'm like, that's not work related. I'm like, really? I have to put, I have to go through this after hours too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but you know, actually, um, you know, I guess that's something maybe we could talk about another time, but I just thought about this because I keep saying it. I have the article on my phone to read. I don't know if you read it somewhere, Felicia. Um, something about that Zoom, when you have your camera on, apparently there's something that you might like, I don't know if it's carbon, there, there's something. And I keep saying, oh, it says, okay, here's the headline. It says, uh, turning off your camera in video calls could cut carbon emissions by 96%. I'm like, it's it's in our Euro News living. Um, and I've been saying, I need to read this because huh. a lot of the meetings that I'm in, they, you know, I keep my camera on because they're new meetings and, and most people have them on. So it's sort of like, kind of like, like you're rude if you're doing that, at least that's how it seems to me. But I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I have to read into this, you know, especially since I'm using Zoom so much with my camera on. So just thought I'd put that out there. I'm sure, you know, that's... somebody who's listening could go ahead and check it out. Maybe, you know, because we're all many, most, a lot of us are using, if not Zoom, another type of thing where our cameras are on these days. It's interesting that... Um that they're saying that um, yes i said i was gonna check it out to see what that's about but i just thought and it was actually there's a way either way shared it um so i you know i'll, I'll go ahead and check it out so anyway <laughs> we're talking about that's zoom interesting about yeah well i i i had issues with zoom even before the pandemic because it's like when i was um much more active with getting the coaching business off the, off the ground and more involved with uh, you know, programs and 
and things, they'd have Zoom meetings. And with the Zoom meetings, yeah, the camera's on. And very often, though, I would simply say, look, you know, I'm just not feeling it today. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just, you know, the camera's going to be off. Um, good to see you guys. Um, I'm still here, but I'm, I'm not doing this. And I mean, it, it, I feel like there's less pressure that way. Mm-hmm. There's also, there are some articles that came out. I want to say it was last summer about how number of people have felt Zoom fatigue. There is a reasonable difference between being on Zoom all the time with the camera on and it's like you're being watched, even though yeah. chances are no one's really watching you really, but it feels that way. And mm-hmm. then it does. There's also a certain amount of yeah, yeah, feeling like you've you've got to be, you know, fully upright and smiling and mm-hmm. or at least engaged. And you know, and people can tell if you're looking at your phone or doing something else. And for the people who haven't figured it out, they're also kind of watching themselves because you know, it sh- sometimes, depending on what device you use and what your settings are, it shows a, a nice image of you as well. And that can also be very distracting. Oh, I just, I, I almost yearn for the days when people just got on the phone and had a conference call. I'm fine with just hearing voices, but I get it that people want to see each other's faces and see each other's smiling faces, as they often say. And there are a few people out there who will have group meetings and say, you know, I, if you want your camera on, you do you, I trust that you know how to take care of yourself and, and they're really good about it. Yeah. I really like that. There are people who are really great about that, but you know, um, no, that's not, not everyone. So. De- definitely, definitely. So, um, so we are actually well as we're recording this today. Um, um, President Biden has been in office for over a week. Um, so we are actually, actually, this week, this coming week is gonna be a month since the uh, capital, the famous capital attack. And, but we didn't want, we had not had gotten a chance to talk about it and record a episode about it. So, and we decided that we wanted to um, address it uh, since, you know, we do talk about current events. And also I also had told Felicia, I wanted to talk about it as, you know, many people are calling it an attempted coup. Um, and as somebody, um, maybe this is your first time listening. I'm originally, I'm from Haiti. This is, I was born here, but you know, from Haitian American, I'm, well, my mom is Haitian American. My dad is Haitian, um, but you know, from Haitian parents, I grew up there and, um, didn't come back here until I was 16. So I lived through many coups and I actually moved here because of a coup because I was first, my family we were personally affected by a coup d'etat. So I know very much what a coup is. So I wanted, I thought it would be a great, um, you know, as we talk about this, because me, you know, I'm an internationalist. Um, I, um, I often think about sometimes here in the States um, and I am also a proud American. Uh, I think sometimes when things happen, we don't realize how these are things that are happening constantly in other countries and how our government, both parties, 
have played a role and have encouraged and funded coups in other countries. Um, mm -hmm. So I thought that as we're, you know, um, discussing and sharing our thoughts on what happened, I also wanted to come from that perspective. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I know that lots of people have already said lots of things about what happened on January 6th. Mm -hmm. And um, I also know that there's new information coming out just about every day, including, sadly, the news that a family member of the Publix grocery store, Empire, contributed funds to the rally that happened before the insurrection. So that saddens me greatly because I've enjoyed shopping at Publix, but where I live, there's like 10 different grocery stores I can go to. Mm. So yeah, I've got some soul searching to do there. Wow. Um, but arrests are still Actually, happening. Actually, I have, you know what? I don't go to Publix much, but now that you're telling me that, because we do have Publix here too. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, um, certainly. Although I'm sad too, but yeah, um, no. I'm and Christine, you know, typical corporate move—they're distancing themselves from this person. But yeah, so so yeah, I, I'm I'm grappling with that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But yeah, also too, as a result from the the fallout of this this incident in January, um, the arrests are still happening. And the impeachment trial is on the horizon. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and as time goes on, there will be more analysis into what happened and why, and also why some of the folks still believe that the storm is still coming. And it's probably going to happen in March and somehow Trump will be reinstalled as president. I mean, that is still oh floating God. around out there. Some people have doubled down on that. But um, yeah, we thought we would add our thoughts and in your case, Najeda, personal experience to the ongoing conversation and um, it's possible some folks who have been listening to this podcast are tired of hearing about the insurrection by now. But <laughs> speaking for myself, yeah. I think it's important to understand that this was not something that just happened out of the blue, yeah. that this has been building over the summer with the lockdown protests and with the people protesting, the BLM protesters. And, and then also there's the fact that Trump's campaign and his time of office during that time he exploited the divisions in our country I don't believe he caused these divisions but he certainly exploited them and these divisions have been in place for a long time and mm -hmm. further creating space for an incident like this to happen and I think there's also got to be some level of understanding that this incident too is a reflection of who we are as a nation a nation that was a country, nation state, whatever the appropriate term is, built on settler colonialism and slavery. And anyone who just wants to forget about it and move on isn't really paying attention to that or doesn't want to pay attention to that. And the Jada, too, you know, we aired an episode recently called Facing Uncomfortable Truths. And this, yeah. talking about this, really falls under that because yes. this, this, the whole situation and everything leading up to it is part of that uncomfortable truth of our misogyny, of our racism, of the inequality, of all these things that defy this ideology about American exceptionalism. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that what happened on January 6th is a reflection of who we are as a nation. Yes. 
And we're not going to love our and light our way out of this. We're going to be grappling with this for years to come. And we need to have a better understanding of how we got here. Because if we don't, we might find someone much more effective than Trump was. Because in so many ways, he was rather bumbling. But um, someone else more effective than him will try to take the reins in 2024. And that's and if they succeed, that's not going to be good. Definitely, that's my thoughts. De- definitely. Initial thoughts. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. You know, I, when you say that, a lot I've heard people say that somebody smarter than him will, um, will you know, might come up. And you know, if we're not willing to face the truth, and you know, something that you said that I wanted to, you know, I said I probably would go there, would start off there, is when you said about that's you know, people, you know, this is exactly who we are. Because I remember that day, I think it was that day where um, actually I was working and I saw, I think I got on Facebook for a moment and I saw something about there's protests in the Capitol and my parents are in town. And I was like, um, I said, hey, you know, turn the TV on. There's, I heard there's protests at the Capitol, you know in you know the u.s capitol and when i turned on i actually was the one to turn on you know it was cnn and i saw it was actually they were not they were not focusing on the protests they were just showing the congress people you know congressmen congresswomen you know with the votes so i was like oh okay well you know so i went back to my thing and I'm not sure if it was on Twitter or Facebook or something that at some point I got there and I heard they stormed the Capitol. <laughs> I was like, so I had to stop. And, um, you know, I was like, I went and I was like, I can't remember if the, I had left the TV on or maybe by that time I was like, turned it on. And I was watching what was happening. And, you know, for me, as I saw what was happening because of my own experience, but I know the U S is a big country, you know, and it's not like us, for example, I used to live in the capital in Port-au-Prince, the capital of Haiti. And obviously when something is happening in the capital, it's not the same as something, you know, like here, even depending on where you are in DC, even then, although DC is pretty small, but, like in a way there was sort of a disconnect for the, from the place, you know, from where I am, because it was like, Oh my God, am I going to hear something outside? (laughs) Because, you know, it's like, but although here many times things are happening in other places, it could even happen in the same city as you, but if you're not near it, you know, people are just going about their business, you know? Um, But, you know, as you know, going back, you know, so, at some point, I think it was, um, I think he spoke that day. I'm not recall, but I think it was that day where Biden, uh, President Biden spoke um, or released a statement. But I think he did speak and said, this is not who we are. And I was just like, I rolled my eyes. <laughs> I think I even went and posted something on, on Facebook. And I was like, no, this is exactly who we are. Why are we, why are we lying? You know, not only... This is exactly who, for me, where I was coming from is not only for what you shared, uh, Felicia, that, you know, the racism, the division and all of that. And 
for I was also was coming from a place because actually I remember one of the I think that was the first thing I posted was like I kept thinking about the saying chickens chickens coming home to roost because it's like this is what we do this is who we are we do it mm-hmm. in other countries all the time you know yep and so I was like no like we can't fix you know the racism the division we can't fix you know all everything that is you know that is wrong and everything that isn't for humanity and it we you know we can't fix it if we're not willing to say who we are and i have to say as you know i love this country and you know i was born here grew up in haiti you know i um i have to say it as always always gotten to me even when there was a there were pre, there was a president and even you know Michelle Obama when they talk about the US being this great nation <laughs> i just feel like saying can we stop lying or we're the best like like making it seem as if we we don't do any wrong to our own citizens and we don't do anything wrong to other people you know other people you know other people from other countries and it's like there's this lie that we are not willing to own up we are not willing to speak the truth um and i was just like and you know like i told and i i remember in one of the things that i said and i want to make this clear as i'm sharing here today i'm not coming from a place of like good you know good this happened good you're getting a taste of your own medicine you know you know although a lot of people have said the you the what what happened we we just got a small taste of what we do to other countries you know venezuela haiti um well we didn't we are, you know even cuba in a way in some way but you know like many places around the world chile where iraq um you know look at what we libya like so it's sort of like we you know this is this is what we we constantly have done and one of the things that i wanted to share and, and it's not to dismiss because i was talking to felicia prior to us recording about the trauma that people had experienced you know people who work there the congress people you know the workers the police you know yes i don't want to um i'm not trying to minimize it what i do want to say too is that the what if it was really a coup or an attempted coup um this is not i mean this is nothing compared to what happens in other countries and it's done funded and encouraged by our government where people's um families are displaced people can't stay home people have to go and live, move somewhere else in another home until they can get out of the country people die um you know thousands of people um you know we've had massacres in other in places like Haiti after a coup um and doing a coup to overthrow a government that you, that the United States did not approve of so this is just to say how um you know we empathize and like i was telling somebody you know i saw this thing the other day and it was talking about um what happened in the capital when they were saying how look at the difference to how 
those um I'll call them mobsters, those terrorists, the way they were treated compared to Black Lives Matters protests, protesters who actually, like I said, if if this was Black Matters, Black Lives Matter, if this was a Black Lives Matter protest, because they knew it was gonna happen, they they would have gotten, they would have had tanks, like we would have seen like the different treatment. So there was a meme that said, "We're not asking for you to shoot them like you shoot us." We're asking that you don't shoot us like, you know, like you didn't shoot them. Mm-hmm. And I was, th- I, I remember I shared it and I was like, yes, this is exactly. And for me, as somebody who is from another country too, who is like Haitian and American, and also somebody who cares about what, ha- what you know, foreign policy and what we do in other countries. I'm not coming from a place to say, you're getting a small medicine, good for you. I'm coming from a place to say, and this is with the American people too, more than anything, the, the ones who care is that to tell you that you're really upset about this, I need you to get just as upset for when we do something. And I'm sure that I wouldn't, well, I don't wanna say I'm sure. I am not going to be surprised that we're gonna see coups <laughs> backed up. Obviously they're not gonna show it openly, but I'm sure, that, I, I mean, I don't like to use that word, sure, sure but just to say, because, you know, life, maybe not, maybe it won't happen. But I will not be surprised to see a, a coup backed by the Biden administration. I'm not going to, because we've seen it from both parties. So what I'm saying is that I want people to understand that I want you, you know, what as an advocate for better foreign policy, for more humane, as an internationalist, I want people to, I'm, what I'm saying is that I'm not saying that good that they had the, they, they tried to attempt a coup or whatever. I'm just saying that I want you to be as upset. I want you to hold your government accountable for what they're doing in other countries. We don't want it done here. Then let's ask that it's not done in other countries as well. As well. Yep. You know? Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Because there's an hypocrisy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that so. that is very hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, that there's so much in government. There are so many people in Washington that have been very hypocritical about so many things, like you know, not wanting to support their people i mean we've seen that during the pandemic not wanting to provide health insurance or money to help people get through the pandemic but making sure the corporations are taken care of and then of course in the corporations turning around and laying people off there there's a hypocrisy that's all that's latent within our institutions unfortunately and and there's so much projection as well there's <laughs> so many people um projecting this idea that the democrats and yes they have faults but that they're fascists or they're socialists or they're communists and they may or may not know what those terms mean but they say all these things but then what exactly was the the goal of the siege on the capitol yeah, <laughs> that very had some very fascist elements there. Mm-hmm. Maybe not socialist or communist, but definitely 
very fascist elements there. So there's so much projection and hypocrisy. And I, having lived overseas from time to time growing up, I too had this idea that America is supposed to be so great and wonderful and, and everything. And it is great and wonderful in a lot of ways, but so is France and so is the UK and so is the Philippines and I'm sure China and Canada and Mexico and every country in the world has some great things about them and some not so great things Definitely. about them. And Definitely. why one nation in the world should be held as the prime example of all good things mm-hmm. that has never really <laughs> made sense to me. And I can imagine there may have been people who felt that way about the British Empire and its heyday. And Mm -hmm. I I, I just, that just really reeks of nationalism and colonialism and, and I'm not, I'm not for that. Um, I've always had a more balanced view. Okay. So I just happened to be born in the United States. Okay. Um, that's that's good and i guess that does in in a number of ways mean i'm more privileged than the good portion of the world's population mm-hmm. and i can also hold the idea or the fact that we've got a history littered with inequality and violence towards marginalized people and we continue to uphold that and and um, we, we've still got lots of work to do there. And so exactly. it doesn't mean that I hate this country. This is yeah, not. Yeah, no. Th- it, that it, doesn't mean that I've got to, you know, love it or leave it. It doesn't mean I got to have an American flag on my front porch to prove <laughs> my patriotism. Actually, I don't, for me, sometimes way. when I see the flag, it actually, I'm like, it's kind of a sign of like, maybe you're like, you know, you like America to be great again or something. <laughs> Not to say every time, but sometimes because we tend to see that it, a lot of the people who are displaying the flag are people who are very much, I mean, not all, a lot, like we have a lot of them, you know, so sorry I cut you off. Yeah, we do. There's a number, certainly I've seen a number of homes in my neighborhood outside of it with the flag and and they may have their own reasons for flying the flag on their porch and certainly yeah, yeah. around like Memorial Day or the 4th of July they yes, come out yes. much more in full force I I don't have a problem in and of itself of the flag being flown but the expectation that um that any and everyone should or that not doing so means you're anti-American or even mentioning that you notice this thing and you're wondering why there are so many flags as anti-American. It's really become this kind of black and white proposition. And speaking of, and I'm probably jumping around here a little bit because I'm thinking about also, you know, this anti-American rhetoric, the opposite of that being patriots and how some of these people who well, all of the people who went to the Capitol that day have been deemed patriots. And that I don't know how that can be that they are patriots when I know. they infringed on well, a democratic process and yeah. and endangered while people were killed. So I mean, how exactly is that patriotism? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's this whole thing. I mean, this is the thing. When you tell me that you're a patriot and you did that, you're actually telling me that you are 
basically saying that, you know, Trump is like this, um, you know, like this, like he's the one who should remain. It doesn't matter that all of us who voted for him, for him I mean, against him, and, um, you know, the, who are the majority of immigrants who are legal immigrants, you know, I mean, when I say legal, like basically we're U.S. citizens, um, you know, we're first generation, third generations, a lot, you know, many are black Americans. And in a way, it's almost as if, you know, you know, somebody was saying something that I, you know, the other day where they were saying in a way it was sort of like an assault on the people of color's vote, black, the black vote. And obviously, mm -hmm. yes, not to say, I mean, we know that, there, you know, we have plenty of white Americans who voted for Biden as well. But in a way, I mean, I think apparently the numbers show that it was for the most, but it's sort of sort of like saying that I'm taking my country from from you, you, you know, and, you know, you guys don't get to say who can be president. I get to say who can be president. And because, you know, you're saying my guy didn't win, but it's because you stole it. It was stolen because this is my country. I get to, you know, I get to say who's president, you know? Um, and it, that is very much, you know, although I have to say, and I guess that could be a whole other conversation. I mean, looking at these people's faces, to me, it, it is definitely a cult. It, it did, they, a lot of them, the ones that I saw being interviewed, and stuff like that and speaking up didn't seem like they were like something is completely off there well i will say a few things um about my my thoughts about um about that and i think there were certainly some cultish elements there the the thing known as QAnon. there were some of those folks involved there were also some Instagram influencers, like, like channelers, like so-called light workers, they may not have been in the Capitol, but they showed up to be a presence and be supportive and yeah. to bring that. I'm happy you brought that up because I, yes, go good, good, yes, yes. Yes, yeah, so, so some of those crazy. folks were there. The more yeah. malicious style folks were there. The, um, I guess you know. The everyday redneck was there. Um, so, so there were not, it was interesting. It was not my understanding of this. It was not one cohesive one co yes, group of that. people. And what were they thinking? This is what I'm not getting, especially those who are not part of a cult. Like, because, like, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, what were you thinking? Like, what were you, I mean, I mean, because, you know, people say it was an attempted coup. Some people say it wasn't. Because I'm just thinking, what would have been the end goal? If if they had, I mean, well, apparently some of them were looking to um, to hurt some of these Congress, you know, congressmen, con you know, senators, whatever, congresswomen. But I'm just really thinking, like, um, like, I'm just thinking if they had allowed them to just storm with the people there like what like what was the, the especially the people who are like I'm not saying they're they're you know they're not from a you know I'm not saying that they're everything's fine but remember how you were saying there were so many groups yeah because actually I remember this guy was interviewed 
he was from people went from Miami. There were people from Florida and including Miami who were there. And um, some of them, you know, this guy was like, well, you know, we went to the rally because there was a rally before. And he said, had we left after the rally, everything would have been fine because it was such a great rally. But then going to the Capitol was the mistake. So I, I don't really know um, what was what was the end goal of some of these people. I don't know. I, I don't know what the end goal was. I have ideas. Um, and this is all working theory. And I'm not saying I write and I have the final say on this. But I have ideas yeah. that the... When one of the common elements, we got many dis- disparate people, yeah, groups of people, but the one common, common element was that they feared an administration coming in who would redistribute wealth and resources. And to them, that idea was illegal, unlawful, and then of course, cue the words communism, socialism, things like that. Mm. And so they wanted to keep in house an administration that would continue to dismantle social services and mm-hmm. not distribute vaccines and erase environmental protections and and all of those things. Um, so they they very much just wanted to keep the all the benefits of our current material reality such as it is for themselves mm-hmm. bad enough that as you also mentioned they wanted to discount millions of votes many of whom were women and mm-hmm. people of color mm-hmm. wanting to erase the rights of millions of the same people and uphold some idea of their divine right to power and privilege and we see this playing out in corporations all the time particularly when people want to organize and claim their rights to benefits and healthcare and wanting to have these, you know, some control over their schedules, but then corporations time and time again, discourage the unionizing and the collective action, or if the collect the collective action actually happens, they'll fire the workers. There is a story out there about Instacart doing just that somewhere in the Midwest. Mm. And so it's, this idea of extraction and exploitation that has played out for centuries, wanted to extract as much as possible from people, but not wanting to pay them or give them benefits or give, let them vote. And so in my view, really the siege on the Capitol was very much a reflection of a larger pattern of this, you know, these people are at the top, everyone else is at the bottom and we're just going to use and abuse them. And if they die while they're going to work because of COVID or they die because they don't have healthcare or being exposed to the elements because they don't have a home. Well, thanks to neoliberalism, it's all about personal responsibility. So it's all on them. So they wanna continue to maintain their sense of power or at least minimize their sense of powerlessness maintain their privilege, maintain their sense of entitlement and deny those very things to everyone else who doesn't look like them or people they don't agree with. Yeah. But ironically, don't dare call them racist or sexist. 
because they'll <laughs> throw that right back yeah at yeah. at at you and and they'll claim victimhood that they are the victims they're the ones that have been wronged they're the ones who are dealing with this influx of people from latin america and they're going to become the minority oh no what's wrong and yeah. so they somehow it's wrong to allow everyone to have a good life. I mean, I'm not saying that we have to have perfect equality. Yeah. You know, everyone's got to have a 500,000 square foot house or, you know, $500 million a year, but can we not ensure that people have good lives or time for themselves, time with their friends and family times for, you know, to, to indulge in creative pursuits. Can they not have housing and healthcare and food? Why is that wrong? And why is that considered radical? And why is it wrong to have differences of opinion? Because I guarantee you four years ago, in fact, it did happen four years ago, people rebelled against the Trump administration, but how dare they do that and disrespect the office of the president of the United States. And then we're called snowflakes, no offense to snowflakes, but we're called snowflakes because we didn't like the, the administration then. But then these people turn around and do the same thing and not only disrespect the incoming president, but they're threatening the lives of the member of con- members of Congress. They actually, you know, people were actually killed. And I don't recall Democrats doing that in 2016, 2017. They, a lot of threats to move to Canada, probably, which is not something that we can do now because of COVID. Um, but it's just really... Again, that, that hypocrisy, well, you know, we were supposed to just accept that Trump was in office, but heaven forbid he gets voted out. Uh, how dare you guys vote him out? And how dare you guys you know, steal our election, which we did not do. And it's, it's just really insane. And I just also want to throw in real quick too, for anyone who's like, but the BLM protesters, the Black Lives Matter protests, they burned down buildings and they looted and they did this and they did that. And first of all, not all, it was not just, and I think there probably were some protesters who looted, but there were also some elements involved who were involved in any looting at Target or Apple or wherever. But that's a false equivalency because the Black Lives Matter protests were about real things like institutional racism and police brutality, not the fictitious thing of a stolen election and not an attempt at keeping up with the institutional racism and police brutality. Although ironically, these people were not very kind to police. So it's, and, and, and I know, I know, right? Really, <laughs> again, again, yeah. blue lives matter, except when yeah, blue lives matter, but then look at what they, yeah. So that's my soapbox for now, I think. <laughs> It's no, a lot no, definitely. I mean, you know, um, I just keep thinking about how, you know, people, I don't know, for me, I haven't run into many, but I, although I was told that I do have some people apparently that I know who are actually defending what happened, who actually are saying like the, the, the woman that was, that was killed by, I don't know if it was actually, I don't know if they ever said when I first heard about it, I think it was the day of, they said they were not sure if it was fire from uh, from the police, the Capitol Police or Secret Service. But they were like, oh, they should not have killed her. And it's like, I'm not saying they should have killed, but it's just that, what are you defending? This woman was trying to get into, and actually apparently they told her to not proceed and she kept going and she was going to go straight into the room 
where there were some Congress people. So, but it's just, you know, when, I mean, for me, I don't know how people want to like rationalize and agree with what happened. I mean, it was, um, and if, if something, if it's going to be put under the rug, if we're not, because like when I saw the, one of the things that also that I realized aside from, you know, I was like, this is like white supremacy because it was sort of like, you did not see, and, and, and definitely there were people in law enforcement, in the government that were part of what happened because of the way that it happened. Like it was just right. so, and this is why this needs to be, and now I'm seeing, I'm hearing that, you know, you have Congress people who were like senators and other, you know, congressmen, congresswomen who still after voted to like, they, I mean, they didn't vote to certify the election. And just up till recently, I mean, I don't have her name, so I don't want to say it, but apparently this congresswoman who was very much, you know, for what happened, she actually apparently like, you know, was went into they got in the face of uh, Congresswoman Cori Bush. So, and some of them are, you know, like, it's sort of like, like I was telling somebody that I don't think the United States is going to be the same after this um, because we have a divided government. I'm not yeah, even talking about Republicans and Democrats and how you have, e- even within the Democrats, we have like, um, you know, the progressive, and then we have the establishment, you know, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about within the government, within law enforcement, we have people who were actually for this thing and who allowed it and encouraged it to happen. And, and if we're going to just turn the page, (laughs) if we're going to unite, you know, um, like, you know, I keep hearing about unity and unity and now, and again, it's not, you know, but here's the thing. It's like, I, I often say that how can we, can your, you know, our calls for unity be just as loud, be just as loud as our calls for accountability, for, for truth, for justice, mm-hmm. you know, um, cause we just, you know, and, 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 you know, Actually, if we turn the page and we don't deal with this, this is another reason why we might end up having somebody who's smarter than Trump. And somebody's watching this. Somebody, I'm sure, is they're they're taking notes and they're like, okay, do this, don't do that. I'm not sure exactly what kind of notes they're taking. And it's probably somebody who's in the House right now or in the Senate or in the RNC or at mar-a-lago or they're they're watching and they're gonna try to minimize some of the mistakes that what they see as mistakes that trump made but i think the whole trump thing was a mistake but then one could argue maybe not but that's probably a a philosophical discussion for another time but yeah it's um 
it's definitely though i think you nailed it when you said white supremacy mm-hmm. yeah, I, I said a lot of words like institutional racism and police brutality but that all very much points to white supremacy most of these people were white i'm not gonna say all mm-hmm. of them were oh, yeah. i didn't see every it single was, picture there was I this one black guy, black guy i saw <laughs> and somebody said yeah there was this thing that they, there was a meme they said no no it was a photo of him in the cap somewhere inside the, and then the, somebody a facebook friend said this guy is probably gonna be i mean at the time because if we're looking at how many people that we see getting arrested on the spot Okay, so this guy was like, this is going to be the only guy being charged for this, you know, but, um, you know, I mean, I'm not laughing like it's funny, but just to say, you know, it's the irony of things, you know, Um, and, Mm -hmm. you know, in, you know, the other day, actually, the day of, and of course, this person was like, having a debate with me. And it's not, I tell people all the time. And if somebody's listening to me here, if you're ever like, engage with me on social media, and you notice that although usually I won't just leave it like that, I might just tell you, you know what, I won't come back because I do believe social media is not a place to debate. Um, I think it's because, I mean, I'm not saying it's sort of like the place where, you know, for me, where I say whatever I want to say and you can't say anything. But if, you know, if we're going to have a back and forth, it's, it's not the place. It's not productive, you know. So right. um, that night, I think I like I posted and I said, this was white supremacy. This wasn't white privilege. And I had some, you know, this one person and a few people were in agreement with her was like, oh, no, it is white. Pri-. And I'm like, I'm not saying, yes, you know, we saw, you know, they were treated a certain way because they're white. So, yes, there was an element of white privilege in there. But I said, we all have privileges um, and white people you know, there are people who are white, they have white privilege, but it's not like they didn't, they didn't look for it. Just like as even us black people, some of us have privileges. What we saw here, it was sort of like, I'm the one who is, I'm the one who I I rule this place. Mm -hmm. You know, this is my house. This is my building. This is my country. Like this, this is white supremacy. This was white supremacy that we saw displayed that, that day, you know? So, you know, I just, you know, wanted to uh, say that because what, what you were saying, that, that's what we saw, you know? Um, because, you know, I, it, what, I wouldn't just say, oh yeah, this is just, you know, this is white privilege. And yeah, we, did, we, we already know that, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah. So there's something that you said, Felicia, although I think we're probably, this is probably something we'll talk more another time but I just wanted to touch on that just because we do want us to talk about in a way how with the personal development or you know coaching the spirituality you know mm-hmm. when we talked about some of these influencers because yeah there is a lot of like spiritual people who are have really you know the anti-vaxxers who you know have really like you know, who are part of that movement. And, you know, I'm like, wow, I think I even saw Marion Williamson said something, how she was very disappointed. Okay, I was actually, that was even before the Capitol to say how some of these people were all into this whole conspiracy theory thing about the vaccine and even, even in a way, and so in their, their support of Trump. And, you know, I was thinking we had a conversation, Felicia and I, I think this is something we'll probably 
debate more on, I mean, not discuss more in a different episode, but I just thought we would like talk about it a little bit where I was telling her how we were talking earlier about like capitalism and the system we live in and how speaking of, you know, these people who are in the capital and everything, some of them like that guy who they said he's a shaman and like spiritual. And I was sharing about, um, you know, just to say like that whole, whole spiritual thing, but going back to the way we do things and capitalism, how I saw this live, this, well, it was an IGTV from Sonia Renee Taylor. And she talked about how people are glorifying and I didn't even think about it. I wasn't glorifying it, but people have glorified. And I remember I even had a friend who was like, oh my God, I'm so happy they, they showed them that they were, you know, democracy was going to prevail. You know, they, the, the same day, that same night, they went and continued, you know, the certifying of the vote. You know. And mm-hmm. how, one of the things that Sonia Renee Taylor made a point of was that how this is what, you know, capitalism, this system does to us of like, these people, the, the workers, everybody working at the Capitol, the police, um, the Congress people, they had been through trauma. And instead of taking care of themselves, they, they, instead of telling them, go home, take care of yourself, you know, because at this point, nothing, you know, there were not, people were not going to be able to go back in and do something and steal the vote, you know, the votes, whatever. Like, come back tomorrow and do this. But we, you know, and that's one of the things how in the system in looking at how we don't really think about taking care of people. You know, we think about doing, um, it's about proving and it's about doing. And we don't think about taking care of people. You know, we don't think about how people need to go and take care of themselves. It's about this showing that I'm going to do this and you're not going to stop me and how mm-hmm. it's being glorified, you know? So I just thought, you know, since we're talking about this, oh no, we're going to talk about it another time more, and, uh, at, you know, with a lot more, I just thought I'd throw that in there, you know? Yeah, there, there's um, definitely an element of that, that persistence and mm-hmm. resilience and determination, which are not bad qualities to have. Now, you know, throughout the summer when they were quibbling about, you know, expanding the um, expanded unemployment or extending the expanded unemployment and they never came to resolution and then they went on their little breaks and whatever. I didn't, I didn't see that same persistence and resiliency and determination then, but they did with this thing. And, um, and I get that people were celebrating that and it's like, you're not going to keep me down and all this, but at the same time, that is very much what, we do in each of our lives we have a bad experience at work and we're supposed to just shake it off and keep going or um that bad experience when we're out shopping or you know we we're with someone in our family and this idea that it doesn't stop us from doing it we're unstoppable and yes and i'm not suggesting that we 
anytime there's a traumatic experience that we just roll over and lie down for eternity, yeah. although it might actually feel good, but it's not, we need, we do need that time though. We yes. need, and it takes as long as it takes. Everyone's got a different threshold for experiencing an unfortunate situation and then having to pick up and keep going but we do have this tendency to want to minimize an experience and like just shake it off and then just go on to the next thing and and or or just try to prove that nothing can keep us down and yes I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm, and I'm sure, you know, if I were Pelosi, I would have felt violated that these people yeah, were in my office, office. and they're I on know. my computer and putting their Definitely. feet up on the desk. The desk. I, I know. Yes. Yes. Then that feeling of violation too, that's, that would have been hard to lead a session. Well, she wasn't leading it. It was Pence, but still she had to be there. Yeah. And, and so it's not, I can't imagine well, I can because, yeah, I mean, I certainly have never been in a work situation where people stormed my place of work and I had to hide. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had certainly been in a number of work situations throughout my life where I experienced something traumatic, where, you know, an unreasonable manager yelling at me or a customer or a coworker or or some bad news or some other situation that just left me feeling really really vulnerable and then the expectation to well you know just check it off you know, just go on to the next thing got work to do and it's and, not like uh, would you call that spiritual bypassing in a way well there's certainly elements of that in there I'm not sure what to call it but I yeah, can certainly yeah, tell you yeah. it does not feel good at all it doesn't I definitely it, it, feel not seen or heard or valued or there's I I'm not finding right words and I'll think of it after we finish recording probably but it's definitely definitely feels small and then also just like disregarded and I don't know it's yeah it's a tough place to be you know there's as you were saying that it made me think about something and I also want to say something about um you know what what like the trauma um it relates to AOC but uh when you mentioned about Nancy Pelosi, how, you know, how did she feel? You know, the person was, you know, the people being in her office, this guy putting his foot up on her desk, you know, stealing her, her, you know, I don't know if it was a computer or a laptop, but something, but, and it made me think about, and this was not even like nothing. I'm not trying to compare my incident, but just to say um, many years ago, well, probably like about um, 2011, it was 2011. So I guess, well, it's going to be 10 years uh, in October. I had moved. Um, I had moved to D.C. I was living in Maryland at the time and I got my apartment and I moved to D.C. And they, you know, I had parked my car in the morning and, I, you know, I was like, I, you know, you don't use your car much in D.C. So like, the, you know, the two days that I, it was a weekend. So I didn't use my car. I had walked you know, and did things. And you know how it is when you move. So I was really indoor mostly. So when I was going to work the next day, I actually was going to take the bus. But um, I walked by like, on the other side of the street was my car. And that's when I noticed that 
like my trunk was open. And I was like, wait a minute, mm. I don't remember leaving my trunk open like Saturday. This is Monday morning. And they had broken, they had broken to my car. They stole, you know, they broke the, it, I, at the time I had a Honda Civic, they broke like that little window in the back and they got in. But just to say, like, you know, I went, I called the police, whatever. But the few, the, the few times that I, you know, like after that, it took some time for me when I got in my car, I felt violated, you know, because mm-hmm. I felt like somebody had been in my car. I had a pair of shoes. They took it. They took, I had my GPS. They took it. I actually think it was the GPS that gave it. Cause I think, and I learned that after that, whenever I had a GPS, like I would put it in the glove compartment or put it in my bag, but way before I get there. And I think I was new to it, but I hear apparently did some, but just to say how, this is an experience that I had that somebody was in my car. So can you imagine where somebody was in your office? They did all of that, but also they, they came to cause you harm. Harm. Mm-hmm. They did not just come to steal and leave, even with that. So just wanted to say that. But one thing about what we were talking about, I know for myself, because of the fact, if it wasn't for like Sonia, even you know, with so you know Sonia Renee Taylor's lives, and then like I saw on IG uh, TV that AOC did a couple of, I think it was a couple of days after what happened. You would not because of the fact that it's like yes, we needed to focus on showing them that they were not going to win, that democracy was going to prevail, that they were going to not stop us. Where I think that in a way we've lost the trauma. We we lost sight of the trauma of what happened that day. Like we're a lot of us are probably not even, you know, a, like are not even thinking about it because the whole thing was so focused on winning and not let, showing them that they're not going to, but the human side of it. It has been lost in a way. So I just like sort of like, because when she talked about, she was saying how there was like, she said there were times that she didn't think she was going to get out of there alive. Hmm. You know, and, you know, and how, you know, yeah, she said she's taking care of herself and everything, but this is just to say how um, the news, um, the psycho and people, we, you know, there's a lot of emphasis of like, we can't let them win and we're not going to show them this. And we've, we've completely lost the human side that there were people's lives there. I mean, it's like, it's talked about, but not in the, not in a way where it's sort of like, you know, are we making sure that these people are taking care of themselves? Yeah. Instead of like that, these people need to come and make sure that these people don't win. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, we, we have a real problem. Um, and not just in this country. Uh, certainly the UK has got its share of issues with that as well. And other places, Canada probably does too. It's definitely a concern I have about the human side of things. And um appreciating that we're going to experience joy and happiness and courage and all those things, but we're also going to experience 
some grief and sadness Mm -hmm. and we're going to have times when we do feel violated we do feel like our rights were infringed upon um where we feel like we've been victimized yeah and yeah sometimes we are victims these people who went to the capitol were not victims but sometimes we are victims in our lives and then we're going to have those moments and and there's this tendency overall um whether it's in the corporate space, the government space, the media, the personal development space, it's there's in a work situation where we're supposed to continuously put that aside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And pretend we don't feel, pretend we're not affected mm-hmm. and just move on. And, yeah. and I, I have a, yeah, there's a time to get back on the horse. There's yeah. a time to, to, to take care of things, to take care of people. And we also need time to, to, to breathe, to sit with things, to, to process, Mm -hmm. to, to make sense to. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you were talking about unity earlier, all these calls for unity. Eh, It's a little too soon for that. Then, and then how, what is unity when it's not actually, we can't just say the word unity and everything falls into place there's a process involved with that too and that involves healing for everyone involved directly or indirectly and so we can't just okay it happened that's sad let's call for unity and let's move on again you know it's like forgetting the people who were affected by all of this, never mind the people who were died and who, who were died. Wow. Who died and whose families were impacted by that. No, definitely. I, I a hundred percent agree with you. And, you know, just to say, I mean, I don't want to stay on there and we're going to wrap up too, but I was yes. thinking how, um, how, you know, the, I mean, I just, it, it made, for a moment, I, I'm sad. I, it got me sad about the fact how there's no conversation really, or at least not, you know, not in the big media or whatever, like around the, the, the trauma and around people taking care of themselves. I even had the other day, I was talking to somebody and I was like, oh, I'm on Twitter. And I AOC was saying to Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, you know, like, cause he was saying that he agrees with her about working together on something. And she was like, you know what? I don't mind working with my, you know, Republican colleagues and everything, but you almost like you tried to get me killed. So I will not work with you. You actually need to resign. And then somebody was saying, and this is actually somebody who actually likes AOC, who doesn't care for Ted Cruz. And she was like, ah, AOC needs to get over it already. And I was thinking about, wow, do you guys realize how we're like, we're very much detached to what people went through, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it really, it's, it's sort of like, well, yeah, we just need them to move forward and like do what you need to do, whatever. But it's like, we don't want to be, um, you know, it's like, oh, she needs to get over it already, you know? And um, not to say that I'm saying that she needs to be tweeting and whatever, all these things, but it was just like how, um, and, and I think this is also why we have the society that we have. It's because we're not willing to, I guess it's like, like we don't want to have these talk about people's emotions. We don't want to talk about trauma. No, we, we like to like the sensation because I guess that's what sells, you know? Um, <laughs> anyway, true. Yeah, true. Yeah. 
we all know true. it's about what sells, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, certainly so much more we can say, but it's yes, definitely. probably time to wrap this up and, um, no, that does not mean that. Okay, yeah, we're moving on. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We, it doesn't. This could easily turn into probably a three-hour podcast episode. I know, and, right? <laughs> and um, yeah. I, yes. But you know, like like uh, I said earlier, there's plenty of other people who have their thoughts and analysis, and it's 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 out there. So Definitely. we're not the only ones talking about this for sure. Definitely. Um, okay. But it's yeah. important. It is. It is. So I think I've said all I have to say, too. So um, I'll just say, you know, I guess my two things is that takeaways is, first of all, you know, like I said, I really hope whoever is listening to this, that we can just not only focus, like when we're calling for justice, when we don't want to see certain things happen here, let's um, be mindful that it, we actually allow it and encourage it in other countries. So let's just let's use our voice, our vote to also hold our elected officials, our government accountable for what they do in other countries as well. And um, let's also um, be, you know, like what happened is not normal and we must be willing to, sorry, I had my timer and it went off. <laughs> sorry, in case people heard it, it might have gone through. Yeah, so. Um, I, I did hear it, but that's that, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, I'm trying, I was, we probably trying, we talked about, we're trying to not to not have these really long, long episodes. But yeah, so it's sort of like, you know, um, we can't just turn the page. We, we have to be willing to face um, the truth, like the racism, the division. We, we have to, these, you know, these conspiracy and also these, 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 um, these, false these these false things that are being um put out there and people are believing we have to yeah, the, the disinformation the disinformation that's the word i was thank you for yeah. yeah and and then also um looking at you know people are human and let's not overlook the trauma that often people go through in these in whatever instances that you know that does cause trauma and let's just not say, let's move on and whatever. So that's what I wanted to share to end it. I don't know about you, Felicia. Yeah, that's that's good. I'm, I'm good. You're good. So, good. yeah. Thank you for listening, everyone. Yes. Hope you're safe and well. Yes, and definitely. we will be back soon for yes. our next episode. We will. And I'll just say, take care of our, you know, of yourselves because I think uh, both Felicia and I were putting that we're making that a priority and especially after what happened we both felt mm -hmm. like we needed some time to um, process what happened even if we were mm -hmm. not in that building <laughs> yes. yeah or thousands okay. of miles away but still yeah definitely definitely great okay cool mm -hmm. great bye Felicia bye we'll talk soon yes and we will take care Peace everyone safe. take care Yes, everyone to be safe, be well. Thank you for listening to us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of something to reflect on and have conversations with the people in your life. We release an episode every two weeks on Thursday. We would appreciate it if you subscribe to our podcast as this will also let you know when new episodes are available to listen to. 
leave us a review and keep coming back for more. We'd love to hear from you through your feedback and appreciate your reviews as they help others find our podcast as well. Until next time, be well.